I invite us to hear these words from the beginning of Daniel chapter 2. In the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed such dreams that his spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. So the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and all the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had such a dream that my spirit is troubled by the desire to understand it. The Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will reveal the interpretation. The king answered, This is a public decree. If you do not tell me both the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. But if you do tell me the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. No pressure. We are given a glimpse, I think, into King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He appears to be the kind of king and conqueror who was very reactive, likely used his power to cover up personal insecurities, and rules with a very basic carrot-and-stick reward-or-fear method, which arguably is effective, at least for a time. More importantly, it reveals that Nebuchadnezzar has no other virtue, no other way to rule. And he is surrounded on top of all this by servants and advisors who would rather please him than help him, which of course perpetuates the king's self-perception of his power and status. But now he is met with something he cannot necessarily control, his dreams. And so we see a flick of vulnerability here, which leaves the king open for potential change, which, of course, is a threat. All the advisors say, no one can interpret this. This is for the gods to do. And the king is furious. And so decrees that all magicians, all sorcerers, all wise men are executed. And he wants Daniel and his friends to do it. When Daniel learns of this, the story expresses that he responded with prudence and discretion. I think we can all agree that there has already been a lot of what-the-heck moments in this story. Our own lives right now may seem like just one big what-the-heck after another. And it can be easy to respond in this way. High emotion, high reactivity, until it becomes the norm of life, until it is so normal that we are exhausted. The news network CNN recently received a new chairman. One of the changes that he quickly made was eliminating the breaking news banner that was shown all the time. He's reported that his reasons for doing this included less hype, more nuance, and a redoubled effort to reach viewers of all stripes. After just coming out of annual conference, and Pastor David alluded to some of that, and everything that's really been going on in the United Methodist Church as a whole, maybe it would not be such a bad idea for us to try and do the same. Perhaps, like Daniel, we could try to be more responsive with prudence and discretion. 
we also see that Daniel does not just let this pass by. Being a non-anxious presence does not mean that we do not simply do anything in the midst of these moments. We can still respond productively and with purpose. It just does not have to be as reactive as the news that is brought to us. And so Daniel, in response, goes to the chief executor with some other higher-ups in the royal uh, group, and he makes this request to the king that he, Daniel, be the one who interprets his dream. And so afterwards, he goes back to his friends, he tells them everything that happened, and then he prays. Then he prays. And that night, the story says Daniel has a vision. Blessed be the name of God from age to age, for wisdom and power are his. God changes times and seasons, deposes kings and sets up kings. God gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. God reveals deep and hidden things. God knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with God. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall this kingdom be left to another people. It shall crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever, just as you saw that a stone was cut from the mountain, not by hands, and that has crushed the iron. It has crushed the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has informed the king what shall be hereafter. The dream is certain, and its interpretation trustworthy. Many people may say that they do their best thinking in the shower. I know sometimes I do. I can puzzle something together in a way that I would not be able to do otherwise, or a great idea might just come to me. Others say that this happens when they do things like the dishes or laundry, some kind of menial task that doesn't take much concentration. Those tasks and those practices can many times allow our minds to sort of switch off and give us an opportunity to see things from a new perspective. We might also call that prayer. Perhaps this is what Jesus did when he prayed. Just because prayer is talked about as a discipline does not mean that it necessarily has to be practiced in that traditional discipline kind of way. The discipline could be more about the consistency and the intentionality. The discipline can be more about the practice of the discipline, not just shutting our minds off, but making that space available so that we can refocus, however that means, so that we can be a non-anxious frame of mind and a non-anxious frame of spirit. The question we need to ask ourselves is, do we give ourselves the time to do this? Do we allow ourselves the time to pause, to reflect, to Sabbath, to pray? Maybe the reason Daniel is able to do this at this point in the story is not so much that he inherently has the gift of character, but also, more importantly, because he has taken the time in the midst of these challenges and crisis to be in the midst of God's peace. Maybe Jesus was the same way. Maybe this is how 
God calls us to handle the unexpected turns of life. It can be easy to think that we are only to respond moment to moment when that crisis is right in front of us. And in the meantime, we're just sort of in standby mode. But if all we do is react, are we really handling those unexpected turns of life? Is it only when things are at the brink of chaos that we then respond? And if that's the case, what do we then do in the meantime? We might be saying to ourselves, well, I wish I had some meantime right now. Because it seems like things are constantly in chaos and constantly crashing around us. And yet, we are here now. Right now, in this moment of worship, in this time, in this space, wherever and actually whenever we might be. Whether it is Sunday morning or a few minutes that we are able to grab on our phone. In this moment, right now, where is the peace God provides to allow us to connect with that presence. Perhaps on this Sunday after Pentecost, perhaps this Trinity Sunday, we might continue to experience how the Holy Spirit still surrounds us and empowers us to not only handle the unexpected turns of life, but to simply yet powerfully live life with peace and with joy. Maybe this is what Jesus, as well as Daniel, were able to do. Maybe this is what allowed both of them to speak with such wisdom and authority and peace to all people, including kings. As the story goes, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, worshipped Daniel, and commanded that a grain offering and incense be offered to him. The king said to Daniel, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. And so the king promoted Daniel, gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel then made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. Even in the midst of this celebration, we see that King Nebuchadnezzar remains finicky and reactive and really still using those two primary motivators, fear or in this case, reward. But now he is even renouncing his own religious system and offering praises to a God he doesn't even know. Our relationship with God and our faith in God is not about being able to predict all things or really any things, and certainly not about having all of the answers. Because even when we have a relationship with God, and maybe this is just me, often I don't have many answers. But Daniel's peace, I believe, is not about having the solutions. When we have a constant openness to God's presence, especially when we take that time to focus on where God is and who God is, even in the briefest of moments, 
This can be a way not only to handle the unexpected terms of life, but also to live out what we as United Methodists call sanctifying grace. When we realize the grace God has provided, even before we have recognized it, and we wish to move forward with that grace more powerfully, to realize it more powerfully in our life, the question then becomes, what do I do to experience this grace again even more powerfully? And so we take those opportunities to be in prayer, to be in study, to be in service, to be in worship, to be in discipleship. To be. And this is not only to receive that grace, it is also to give that grace. And so if we as mentioned, this Sunday comes right after annual conference. And as Pastor David said, there were some high celebratory moments. There were also some very hard moments, some of which happened right here in this very sanctuary. But in the midst of this, I also want to lift up those in our church who not only just help annual conference to go, but who also extended that grace in their ways, in the ways that they are gifted, in the ways that they have been called. And maybe just to take personal privilege, as we said a lot in annual conference, this may be a chance just to brag on our own congregation. But I want to lift up folks like Bob Grizzard, who acted as our conference parliamentarian. Betsy Grizzard, who was one of our ushers and greeters. Kim Stikovich, Gwen Pippin, who were ushers and greeters. Linda Gaynor, who was head of the entire usher team. Molly McIntyre, who in the midst of many roles was one of the heads of lay delegates, along with Reverend Alex Shanks, who's also, of course, the assistant to the bishop. Reverend Dale and Jolene Golden, who uh, facilitated our welcome table and handled many, many questions. Pastor Bailey Schreiner, who was once an intern and presented a very powerful resolution for equitable compensation for pastors of color in our conference. Reverend Sarah McKinley, who's the Director of Clergy Excellence. Janet Earls, who's a conference staff in Church Vitality. Judy New, who is in the conference archives and helped plan the memorial service. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Our band, members of our praise band and our contemporary services, Gary Peach, Justin Long, Brandon Cottle, Meg Phillips, Josh Dampier, Maggie Maraday, Ina Dorado, and of course, Jeremy Hearn, who led them, were on stage as worship leaders for our entire conference. And then finally, I want to lift up one of our youth, Chloe Warren, who is not only part of our youth group, she is also part of the youth caucus of our annual conference, who read a response to a resolution affirming the 16 individuals who were denied their next step toward ordination. And among the youth, reading a response to a resolution saying that they wanted to experience healing and to be a part of changing the system, which would deny people the journey of their call and their identity. The youth of our church imagine a day when all of us extend the grace which God has made known. The further we move into that sanctifying grace, the further we discover who we are as God's people and what that means. When we understand we are a person of God, the more peace we will not only be able to be, but the more peace we can share, we can extend 
we can serve in all seasons of life. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that we continue to see how it is you give us strength for the journey and wherever that journey leads. We thank you for those in our congregation who continue to remind us what it means to extend that grace. Help us to continue to see how it is you are extending grace to each of us, that we not only receive it, but also share it, that we not simply react, but that we respond. And in those in-between times, we continue to grow closer to you. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to do our benediction a little bit uh, differently today because uh, we had some unexpected turns in life. And so Emily and the youth and all of our adult volunteers who are on the team, uh, this is for you. So just some context, Pastor David and I got some texts early this morning that our youth group uh, missed their connecting flight to Alaska. Um, they ended up in Chicago and uh, are there right now. Now, fortunately, uh, just as a reminder, Emily is from Chicago, so she knows the area pretty well and has some great plans. But she was up all night while the youth were getting some very much needed sleep and uh, has put together a great itinerary while they wait for their connecting flight. But um, in those unexpected turns, we just want to say as a congregation, Emily and the youth, whenever you end up watching this, um, we love you, we support you, we thank you so much for how it is that you are still answering that call and moving forward. And so um, for those of us who are in, and I know the camera won't uh, capture everybody, but I, we just, I just wanted to offer an opportunity for us to say God bless you uh, to the youth, to Emily, and uh, to her team. So on the count of three, everybody just say God bless you with me, all right? One, two, three. God bless you. And so this is what we do as a church in those unexpected turns of life. We gather together, we support each other, we pray for each other, and we affirm that grace that God extends. So may all of us continue to go in that grace together, and may we go in peace. Amen.